0: Hello, welcome to Dog Stars, episode twenty-four for Christmas, twenty twenty-three. Before we get started, uh, I should say I made a mistake last week. Thanks to Chris Scott, who pointed out that the red spot on Jupiter—I meant to say it was three hundred miles deep, not three hundred meters. An error even for an astronomer. Anyway, thanks for correcting us there. Uh, Enjoy tonight's walk. Let's go. Hello, welcome to a cloudy bin night eve here in Oxford. Uh, there is a waning gibbous moon just peeking through the clouds. There's a few stars around. see uh, Cygnus over to the northwest. Uh, Jupiter is near the moon. But I know, oh there it is, yeah, just came out through the clouds. Um, this is something of a Christmas episode of Dog Stars. And we've just been hanging around the corner shop in a festive manner, eating all manner of things that have been dropped and arguing about them. Um, and we're now heading back. But I wanted to tell you that if you're up early on Christmas Day and you're in the UK or, or Europe um, and you've got small people um, with you who maybe just received presents uh, and it would be fun to see them a moving light in the night sky, um, who knows, perhaps time to go home, perhaps the International Space Station. There were a couple of brilliant passes this year. There's one. <laughs> the parents amongst you at 5.50 or so, 10 to 6, and then there's one, the astronauts are go right the way around the world and come back overhead about 7.30 which is still before the sun comes up um, and both those the station will go almost overhead it'll be very obvious, it'll be the bright thing moving steadily for a couple of minutes across the sky, and um, for exact timings, um, there's a website heavens-above.com or NASA have a, a spot the station app which is simpler, but I think slightly harder to use. Either of those will give you timings for wherever you happen to be. And seeing the Space Station is an excellent thing uh, to try and do. I have noticed another dog, Max has not. You see, has, here's some beef. Beef. Good boy. Good boy. All right, let's go. So far tonight, we've barked only at the smallest dog routine. and uh, has no accounting for taste. okay eh, Max? Okay. Um, the other Christmas secret of the episode is that I want to tell you a story I've been telling on stage. Um, mostly it's part of the wonderful Nine Lessons events organized by Cosmic Chambles in Manchester and London. It's the closest I get to a Christmas story, a pretty Scrooge-like normally, but I'm looking forward to doing very little for a bit, um, apart from walking this guy. Um, there's a story about the Hubble Space Telescope, and I think we forget that Hubble had to be fought for. Um, it was an idea that goes back right to the 50s, to the very start of the space age. Um, and it wasn't until 1990 that it launched, delayed by problems with the space shuttle, particularly the Challenger disaster that killed seven astronauts on launch, and um, overrunning costs, all the rest of it. And so it's really because it's such a convincing idea that you want to put a telescope above these clouds that are foxing us this evening, this way, come on going into the underpass. I don't think we've done this in the podcast before. So it's always the scariest bit of the walk. Um, above the clouds and, and above all the twinkling and the, the effects that the Earth's atmosphere has on stars. And so it was really disappointing when the first images from Hubble looked exactly like they would if you had a similar-sized telescope, but they looked exactly like those taken by a similar-sized telescope down here on Earth. Oh, it's quite echoey <laughs> in here quite fun, isn't it, Max? Yes, come on. Um, basically, it turned out that the mirror which they would made to such precision that if you blew it up to the size of Gol- the Gulf of Mexico, the biggest bump would be a few millimetres, had, because of a problem with the testing equipment, been made precisely the wrong size or the wrong shape, rather, um, and so it was distorted. So um, all of the cameras suffered because of this problem. They had to fix it. Um, they sent the shuttle mission up in 1993 um, with a new camera and a thing called CoStar, which is this mad sort of dentist tool-looking collection of mirrors uh, that sat in the barrel of the telescope, diverted the light before it hit any. Leave it, go on, before it hit any of Hubble's instruments, which was at the time one of the riskiest shuttle missions ever undertaken. Uh, which really was touch it go as to whether they would give permission for astronauts to go back to Hubble. Um, it worked brilliantly. Amazing, all the amazing pictures. pillars of creation, star-forming regions, galaxies, the planets that you know of from Hubble. Um, I've seen Coast sitting. The, the real thing is sitting in lots of space between. not very emotional seeing it. It's such a clever thing. A way of beating the odds to produce this brilliant telescope. But, all this activity, launching the telescope, getting it ready, realising it was broken, looking at what was broken, fixing it, getting it up and running, and doing science with the new telescope quickly so that people would stop shouting at NASA, which has suffered a serious publicity disaster. It's funny, it's a an European and Canadian telescope as well, but everyone blamed NASA uh, for the errors. We had problems with the solar panels. That's another story. Um, anyway. Um, all of this, by about 1995, meant that everyone involved was pretty tired. And it was important that you got some rest over Christmas. This is a parable. You see, all of you should try and get some rest over Christmas if you can. Um, Robert Williams, who is the Space Telescope Science Institute director, um, realized that one way to do that was to do the simplest possible observation. And somebody had proposed, it might have been Robert's group himself, actually, proposed the, the idea that Hubble should just stare at one patch of sky to try and make the deepest image ever taken of the universe. And it's just considered crazy. If you thought about the local universe, you assume that it's representative, so that galaxies throughout the universe are about as bright, about as big as our Milky Way and its neighbors. Hubble should see nothing in the distant universe. And there were sensible papers by really sensible, clever people that said we might discover a single galaxy. It's a waste of time. But it enabled the Space Telescope staff to have some time off and so Robert used his director's time, um, which he could just use for whatever he likes, like a free uh, wild card, um, to look at the distant university. They stared at the patch of sky in the plough, about the size of a long tennis ball 100 metres away, so a tiny patch of sky, um, for about 120 hours I think, over 10 days over Christmas in the year 1995 to 1996, and then they released the image and it was a revelation. It showed thousands, more than 10,000 new galaxies, strange shapes and brightnesses. The early universe was revealed to be, that's a cat. we leave it can't-we-leave-it. Yes, good boy. Um, it was revealed to be this firework display. Uh, the universe was born sparkling, and we got to see it for the first time in this image, which is known as the Hubble Deep Field. This is not something you just do with every big telescope, even JWST, our our newest big telescope, we take deep fields, we look at these early galaxies, we explore this early universe that we first saw over Christmas, what, nearly 30 years ago now. Um, That's the story, except there was one thought that I couldn't quite get rid of while I was writing and thinking and talking about it to people, which was this, that when you look up at the sky, you have to realise that light from galaxies like these has been streaming past us for all of human history from long before our species existed. Um, but no one's looked at it. And we live this Christmas. in the first tiny period of human history where we've been able to put up a mirror in the sky and catch some of this ancient life. Ancient life. Ancient life. I should never try and be found when walking a dog. Ancient life. Have a great Christmas. We'll be back, hopefully, before the New Year. Come on, Max. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at dogstarspod and drop us a line at dogstarspod at gmail.com. Do let us know if you've been on your own walks or spotted anything in the night sky. I'm Chris Lintot, he's Mr. Max, and this was Dog Stars. Thanks to Ellis Partman for production. We'll be back next week.